For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Uh, we are looking forward to sharing with you this week, and we would love for you right away as you're listening uh, to grab your mobile device and go to Apple Podcast or Spotify or Amazon, wherever you happen to be listening right now, and give us a rating and write us a review. It is so helpful to us. Uh, if you have any questions for us as we're talking today, shoot those questions to Uncommon Drive Podcast at gmail.com. My name is Chad Ozy. I am a Division One baseball uh, umpire. I work Division Two and below women's college basketball, and I am with Division One postseason college basketball referee Jeff Cross. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm well, Chad. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. We are talking today about the one subject that nobody mm. wants to talk about this year, or maybe everybody wants to talk <laughs> about this year. Yep. Uh, we have avoided it for the most part this year, except for talking about the Omicross variant mm. uh, in <laughs> a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we have stayed away from covid um, both personally uh, as well as on our podcast. Okay, We've been fortunate right. enough to stay away from it. Yeah. Uh, I have multiple family members who have had COVID. Um, and so when we talk about this, we're, we're not joking or taking it lightly at all. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about COVID today as it pertains to officiating. And so I thought the best way to start this would to be to, to give a framework of what we're not talking about today. Okay. Um, we are not talking about mask mandates. We're okay. not talking about vaccine cards. Uh, we're not talking about um, anything political when it comes to COVID. Um, I, I think those are all great conversations to have. I think they're very valid conversations to have. I think there are officials that have very strong feelings on all sides of those issues. But for us, we've always tried to be very practical with what we do here at Uncommon Drive. And we believe that there is a set of circumstances in front of us as officials right now. And so, so instead of arguing about whether or not those circumstances should exist, mm -hmm. let's instead talk about how we deal with it, how we make it happen. 
And as we're talking, Jeff is literally breaking the equipment. Oh it's my gosh. Hold awesome. Hold on. He's totally disconnected his microphone <laughs> from the desk. It's awesome. We are good to go. No, I, there if anybody are times, goes all my eyes. There are times that I wish you guys had video podcast of this. Most of the time it'd be horrible because it'd just be looking at me and Jeff. And right. Nobody needs to look at that for an hour. Mm. But in that moment, it would have been great for you all <laughs> to have seen the look of panic in Jeff's eyes <laughs> as the microphone becomes uh, detached. Because it's not a regular microphone. It's got this, you know, great big alligator giraffe type arm, you know, hanging off of it. And, you know, because if a normal microphone i would have just held on to it it's all i would have done but no i got this big six foot you know social distance <laughs> stick that i gotta put on you know so yeah oh my gosh. <laughs> i just want you all to understand that he said alligator giraffe type arm both See, animals that don't have arms number one <laughs> number two i'm really not sure how it connects but in jeff's mind it gets there I was thinking <laughs> giraffe long neck. I got you. <laughs> Alligator crooked, I guess. I don't know. It was the we, we We do have uh, boom connections for our microphones that we use while we uh, while we talk. And so My that's goodness. where Jeff's going there. We, we got you. So what we're going to do today is tissue. we're going to talk about the realities of COVID and officiating. Yep. And um, I, I think the one that just kind of gets us started, Jeff, is the fact that it's it's just affecting our games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Just from the sheer number of them. Jeff, have, have you lost games due to COVID this year? Well, the short answer is yes. Okay. I've lost many games, and I've lost games that um, were six days away, lost them, and I've lost games that were 24 hours away and lost them. I personally know people that have lost games 90 minutes prior to the game. Wow. So, you know, literally in the locker room, they come knock on the door and say, hey, game's off. So everyone, if 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 you haven't lost a game, you're very, very fortunate or you're just not working. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, I'm not yep. working this week, this year. So it just happens. It happens all over the country. You know, at, at any given time, you can go on ESPN and see, you know, the game's canceled. And, you know, there could be anywhere. From, depends on if it's a Saturday, it could be. You could have lost 40, 50 games on a Saturday. So yeah. it happens all the time. You know, I've been really fortunate up to this point in the season. I'm, I've lost a, a minimal amount of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a fairly full schedule. So I, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, and, and I've been fortunate enough that when I have lost games, many times I have picked up another game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, I, I might lose a Division three game, but pick up a JUCO game mm-hmm. uh, or vice versa. Um, I, I lost the game for this weekend, actually a game I was really looking forward to, uh, both because of the level and the assigner that I was working for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that one, it's actually for tomorrow's game, good likelihood I won't pick up uh, another game there. Uh, and I think a lot of us are experiencing that. And we know within the world of officiating, that does a few things. One, it, it just it keeps us off the court. Mm. So we don't have the opportunity to do that. In baseball, it may keep us off the field this spring because I'm fairly convinced that we're still going to be experiencing some of this in the spring, especially the early baseball season. Mm. We mentioned in our last podcast that uh, baseball kicks off in just about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're still going to be in the midst of a lot of what's going on with COVID when that happens. So we just need to be prepared for that. So, so let me ask you that when, when you lose games, 
um, obviously there's the immediate economic impact. And I don't care if you're somebody who's working junior high basketball, mm -hmm. losing $60 for going to work at a, a seventh and eighth grade basketball game, or you're somebody who's working in the big 10, who's making a little bit more than 60 bucks that night. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it would be very easy for us to say, well, you know what? It's not as big a deal for the guy who's working junior high or to take it up a level. It's not as big a deal for the guy who or, or lady who's working a division three game, making a couple hundred dollars versus the person that's making uh, as the terminology is a comma check, mm -hmm. you know, right. in division one. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, making a, a, a four digit check working division one, we would say, well, man, it's a whole lot harder to lose that game than it is to lose that $60 check or that $200 check. But yet I think most officials are, are making decisions based on what their income is and, and they're, they're banking on that. Right. You know, so that person who's working that, that junior high game, that's going to make $60, they may need that $60 to help make the, the gas bill this month. Mm -hmm. Just as much as the person who's making that comma check needs it to help pay the mortgage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, it could be pizza that night. Hey, listen, I got a, I got a, a Tuesday unplanned game that I'm going to get 60 bucks for. So we can go off for pizza Friday night yep. after the game because I've earned the extra 60 or whatever that is. So, and you know, uh, Randy Fox, who does, uh, has a couple of division three leagues in our area. Um, he, he's said it from the very beginning. It, it may not be a big check, but it's, it means something to s everyone. That's right. You know, whether it means it's saving up for vacation, the gas bill, as you say, whatever it is, it means something. So when you take those games away, it, it's going to have an impact financially. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm not for sure if that will ever go away. Yeah. And so when we when we look at this as officials, you know, sometimes the, the panic begins to happen. You see the email pop up. Oh, no, mm -hmm. I lost the game. Mm -hmm. And it begins to create, um, you know, stress. It begins to create frustration, all that kind of thing. Again, we believe that part of being uncommon is how do we how do we deal with this in a proactive way? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, first of all. Remember that when we're losing games, there's also a good chance we're going to be gaining games, right? At the beginning of this year, there were many conferences that said, look, if you don't have enough players to play because of COVID, it means you have to take a forfeit. Mm -hmm. Almost all of those conferences have reversed course on that now yeah. mm -hmm. because they realized how many games they were going to be losing. Yeah. They also realized that uh, the NCAA says you have to have 22 games in order to be eligible for the, the national tournament. Mm -hmm. So those schools want to get games in. They want to play. So you may have a game. I, I may have a game canceled for tomorrow. That game may get rescheduled for three weeks from now. And my assigner may choose to put me right back on that game. Mm -hmm. And so I may not lose a game. Or it may be that I'm not the one that lost the game this week. But Jeff did. You know, Jeff lost a Division Two game uh, this week. And then when they put it back on the schedule two weeks from now, he's not available because he's getting one of those comma checks someplace. Mm -hmm. And so now they need somebody like me to come in and take that spot. Right. And so it may be that when we get to the end of the season, I may end up gaining more games than I lost. Mm -hmm. uh, most of us, I think, are going to lose more than we gain. But I think it's really important for us to have that perspective, not just get caught up in the moment. You've said over and over and over, don't count your games before the season starts. 
count your games after the season started. Right. Yep, I think it's it's if anything, that is one thing that I do every year. You know, you're like kind of got it. You know, you got sometimes you got to take your own medicine. I I I do it every year. I I very very rarely start adding up my money mm-hmm. in October. Sure, I don't add it up till I get it. That's that's all there is to it. And I mean, if I if you if anybody learns anything in today's podcast, that's what you should be doing. You know, it's officiating, entrepreneur, business owner. You cannot predict what you're going to make for the year. You can have some hopes. You can have some aspirations and dreams. But the bottom line is when January 1st comes, you know how much you've earned for that previous year. That's the only way. When I go get a loan, they don't ask me, how much do you think you're going to make next year? They say, how much did you make last year? Yep. That's what they want to know. And we we, we put ourselves in these, in these bad situations where we're like, okay, I'm going to make whatever it is, 10 grand this year in officiating. And we start budgeting that 10 grand and forget COVID. You could be a twisted ankle. You could be a busted knee. You could be a, a car accident in a way from not getting that money. Mm-hmm. So don't plan on that money like you do a regular nine to five job or something like that. Absolutely. And, you know, again, this just shows us, this is not just the officiating world we're dealing with. That's you right. Know? I have friends of mine that are in the restaurant business mm-hmm. and COVID has hit them in huge, huge ways because mm-hmm. they just couldn't be open for a long, long time. They mm-hmm. could not have people in there. And so if they were, were banking on money on the front end, it's very different than what did, you know, what, what did we accomplish this year? And then how can we make changes for next year? So yeah. we know we're going to have that happen. The other thing that takes place because of this is we have to be even more vigilant with our schedules mm. and we even have to be a little unusual with our schedules. Um, I had a situation happen, um, with my game canceling. I'd been given a, a game early in the, in the year. Um, at the same time I was given the game that I was taking, uh, for this Saturday. And my assigner simply said, Hey, just go ahead and decline the, the lower level game so that that way, you know, it pops up on my end and all. And, and I've, I've learned a lesson from that. When I did that, it automatically created a block for me in all of my mm. arbiter mm-hmm. ones. So even though there are other people. And so now, even for, for that particular junior college assigner, I don't show open to him for Saturday. I can't go in and remove a block that I put in myself to say I'm open in case somebody needs to get off tomorrow. And so it's even changing for me the way that I may go about some of that. If mm. they say, hey, just go ahead and decline. I'll say, hey, is, is it possible for you to pull me off just in case something crazy happens in the future? That way I can then show open to you later, mm-hmm. you know, because of COVID. And mm-hmm. I think most uh, of the assigners and other people out there are going to be very open to that. Uh, I can tell you as a, as a baseball person, I'm already looking at how am I going to have to make changes to my schedule? How am I going to have to free people up? Uh, to cover things, just knowing that this is a possibility for the year. So it's not just a matter of losing games or gaining games. It's also how vigilant we stay about our, our calendars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if COVID, well, I mean, we can say the word now, right? <laughs> I don't right. know. Maybe the algorithm will take us off the podcast because we said <laughs> the word COVID. But if COVID has taught us anything is things are not like they used to be. Our calendars we have to keep different calendars. We have to we have to learn from those changes, so we can adjust later, as you just said. So, 
it's not it's not 2018 anymore. Like, hey, you know, the game's on Tuesday the 18th, and I'll do a game on Tuesday the 18th, and this is where I'll be. You can, you know, make book on it. That just doesn't happen that way. And then if you do lose it, you've got to find a way to make sure, as you say, talk to your coordinator. Uh, listen, I, something else could happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could lose this game in two days, so I need this to be open. So, yeah, I think these are great lessons, and probably the biggest mistakes people make is – they go through these changing times like it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they might be on the outside looking at That's right. We, we have to adapt. Mm-hmm. We have to change. Mm-hmm. Now, another unique thing that I think is happening right now because of COVID specifically, and I think it's going to happen in baseball in the spring. We're not there yet, so I can't say that definitively. But if I were prognosticating, that's what I, I would say. But we're definitely seeing it happen right now in basketball, on both the men's and the women's side, and at high school and below. We are seeing that there are teams that have players that are not eligible to play. Mm. Now, every year we have players that get injured. Mm -hmm. That's very different. Once an injury happens, a team makes a pivot, typically for the rest of the season. Because most of the time, if you have a, a, a significant injury in basketball, mm-hmm. it's going to take that person out for the rest of the year. Or portion of big portion. That's of right. Part. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's a it's an ankle sprain that's mm-hmm. going to have them out three or four weeks. But even with that, that coach is immediately pivoting to something new, at least for a significant block of time. Yep. So your power forward goes out. The next one's stepping up, mm-hmm. right? Or they're going to choose to go with a small lineup system for the next three weeks because mm-hmm. that power forward they think is going to come back in three weeks, whatever. Right. They're they're making adjustments for a significant period of time. What we're seeing now with the new CDC regulations is that there may be a player who's out because of health and safety protocol, which is we're not what we're calling it now, not mm-hmm. COVID protocol, mm-hmm. health and safety protocol, and they're going to be out for maybe one game or two games. Well, now what's happening is is now teams are having to make short-term adjustments. It's easier to make a long-term adjustment or a semi-long-term adjustment because they know this is the new plan rather than the short-term because now they don't want to invest as much time into it Mm -hmm. because it's just going to be for a game or two. Uh, You worked a game recently where a team started with six players. That's correct. Because most of the time when we're in health and safety protocol, these athletes are around each other so much, it's not just one that's affected. Many times it's three, four, five, six, seven players that mm-hmm. are affected at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked a game recently where we had seven players on the court. Um, and again, it was because of those health and safety protocols. When that happens, we now have teams who have a very different offensive set maybe because of it. They they may not have any shooting guards left. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing with point guards, forwards, and centers. You know, or they don't have any bigs left Mm -hmm. or they don't have any point guards. And now a a shooting guard is trying to figure out how to bring the ball up in face of a press Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, As as you are seeing games like this played out, how does it change the way you officiate? How does it change the things that you see on the court because of what's happening within those teams? Well, the first thing is I want everyone to be clear. All right, I want everyone to hear this. I want to be perfectly clear when I say it. Whether it's they're playing with six or playing with their full 15 roster, a foul is still a foul. Mm. It, we cannot 
go in and try and say, well, you know, they only got six. Uh Uh-uh, that doesn't work because their six still may be better than the 15 they're playing. But but now I'm going to stop you there, Jeff, because I'm telling you, working my way up through the ranks, junior high, high school, even junior college, anytime there was a a team that had few, that's almost always what I heard from a more veteran official. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, they've only got six tonight. We, We can't foul them out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've heard that a lot coming mm-hmm. up through the ranks. Right. But you're saying that's not what we need to be doing. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think it is – I think you're doing the game disservice. For one, just, just think of it. Let's just say we were to say this out loud and we go to the captain's meeting and say, hey, listen, you guys only have six. You guys have 15. So we're going to be a little bit more selective on our fouls on the team that has six. One – how does team 15 feel? Sure. Two, what if team six wins? Mm-hmm. And now, a couple things. Team 15 is going to go, well, yeah, that you won because team six didn't call the fouls like they should. Yep. And if I'm on team six, the only reason we won is because the refs told us they weren't going to call fouls on us. Mm-hmm. That's just not fair. Right. And in, if you're saying this, if you're in a locker room or you're – Somewhere talking in a high school gym, and you got this junior high team that's only got five, so let's be more selective. I am telling you, you are making a sad, sad mistake. You're not doing the game. Us as officials, the two teams, you're not doing the service that you've been paid to do. So a foul is a foul. Mm-hmm. Um, two is we need to be very, very sensitive, I guess I'll use the word, on, you know, my game last night, they had six and two coaches, and one of those two coaches was not the head coach. Mm. So we've got coaches thrown into positions that they haven't been doing. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, stuck with a role that they weren't expecting to have to do tonight Mm -hmm. or last night or whatever it might be. So not only are players going to be a little – disarray coaches are going to be disarray you know they're going to be trying to figure out what they're doing so we're still not going to change the way we call things but we can definitely be aware of those things so when a coach asks a question knowing okay we got to you know sometimes read between the lines to try and figure out where they're going because this isn't something they typically have to handle Mm -hmm. you know as maybe it's the fourth coach down on the bench and typically my job is just to keep track of timeouts and now they want to know about legal guarding position you know, so we have to be aware of all those things more than I believe anyway, than calling a foul, you know, not calling a foul, even though it was a foul, I guess. I actually had this conversation just a couple of days ago, specifically about coaches, mm-hmm. because there were uh, some officials um, that, that worked both sports, worked basketball and baseball. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how there were some some basketball coaches being asked to step up into that head role, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that they just they weren't aware of some things because they don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the last level that they were a head coach at, they didn't have some of the rules that we have in the college women's game. And so they they asked me the question, do you think it's appropriate if I have a, a coach that knows it's that, that I know they're not typically a head coach, their assistant that's stepping in that night? And we're in a close game and there's a potential for advancement. Do you think it's appropriate to ask them, hey coach, 
Um, are you going to want a timeout to advance the ball if they make this free throw? And I said, I know there's a lot of different philosophies about that. Some people think that that's kind of coaching that mm -hmm. team mm -hmm. or giving them an unfair advantage or something like that. I said, I'll tell you absolutely what I would do. I said, I would say, hey, coach, if you want a timeout for advancement, be sure and be sure and be loud because this is a moment where it may be tough for me to hear you. Mm -hmm. That's something where I'm not telling them, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that for my benefit. Please be loud so I can hear you and I don't miss it. Let now, me, let me ask you this: Wouldn't sure. you say that? Say, wouldn't you say that same thing in a normal game with the head coach? I'm sorry, I no, no. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I mm -hmm. think you're absolutely right. But I think I may be a little bit more deliberate about sure. it in a moment like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's unfair. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's just that quick reminder yep. because that only happens in just very few moments. Mm -hmm. Even even coaches that have been a head coach for a year or two sometimes forget that. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, because it only happens one minute out of 40. <laughs> well, and to take that a step further, you know, if we're talking about option to advance, well, if we got players in the game that typically aren't in at the end of the game mm -hmm. because the the other three are out for protocol, they just get the ball and start running up the floor. That's right. Instead of getting the rebound, go, hey, I want a timeout. We want an option to advance. Yep. So all those things are going to play in, you know, and that's just the way it is whether we like it or not. And I think for our baseball umpires that are out there listening, this is something we need to be aware of too, because as we hit early in the season, let's say it's that, that pitching coach now that's stepping up into the manager role because the head coach is out for health and safety protocol. One of the things that we have at NCAA baseball is that if a, a coach comes out and asks the crew to get together to talk about a particular play, that coach is required to go back to the dugout and regardless of the decision that we give, mm -hmm. they are not allowed to come back out of that dugout. If they come out of the dugout, it's an automatic ejection. I can just about guarantee you that most of those assistant coaches don't know that rule. Mm -hmm. So if I have one of those assistant coaches come out to me and they're asking us to get together, normally the the language that we would use, yes, coach, absolutely, we'll get together. Remember that whatever decision that we get is final, you cannot come back out and argue mm -hmm. okay so that's pretty clear mm -hmm. they can't do it if i have an assistant coach in that role i'm probably going to say coach remember when we say you can't come back out and argue that means if you come out of the dugout it's an automatic mm -hmm. i'm going to stress that with them so that they understand oh, okay yeah because they may just react emotionally in the moment sure. mm -hmm. right you know whereas that head coach that's been doing it for a while they realize that there's a different set of ramifications right. there mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't think that that's, that that is being unfair or coaching one side or another. I think it's just us doing a good job of communicating in unusual situations. That's right. Yep. And I think it's as good as communicator you think you are, as anyone thinks they are, in situations like that, you need to be even better. And if, if you've got to slow down, as we talked about in previous podcasts, keep your composure. So all those words come out correctly and precisely. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I've noticed about this is that because of some of the unusual lineups that we have in, um, we, we won't notice this as much on the baseball side because on the baseball side, you still got pitchers. You got third baseman, second baseman, first baseman, whatever. I mean, maybe you've got some middle infielders that aren't used to turning double plays. Mm -hmm. And so we just need to be aware for stuff we wouldn't normally be aware of. But for the most part, we won't see it in baseball as much as we do in basketball. 
But in basketball, because there are these unusual lineups from time to time, what we find is that there are there are plays happening that we wouldn't normally see happen. And by that, I mean, um, if I've got three shooting guards, a point guard, and a center on the floor, mm. you know, and all of a sudden they're trying to figure out how to inbound the ball in the post. Sometimes we just, you got people setting screens in places they wouldn't normally <laughs> set screens. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. There's potential for contact that if it was between two bigs, it, we would just call it incidental contact. Mm-hmm. But now because it's a big on a small, now all of a sudden it looks a lot worse, even though it was the exact same contact. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to be aware in those moments of what's happening. Mm-hmm. We, we need to be able to have that conversation in our head saying, okay, illegal contact is still illegal contact, but let's make sure that's what it is mm-hmm. before we go put an air in whistles. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to use it for an excuse by any means, but we need to self-talk our way through that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's still a foul, still a foul. And that, you know, might, your phrase right there, that might even be a response to the coach. You know, listen, yeah, when that's six foot four against six foot four, that we can rule that incidental, no problem. Mm-hmm. When a six foot four against five foot two, it has a much bigger impact. So, absolutely. Um, the other thing that we're finding right now with COVID, though, is that there are some institutions out there that are beginning to not just appreciate the officials, but are beginning to show their appreciation. And sometimes it's just in small ways, but what are ways that you're kind of seeing that right now? Yeah, you know, what, when I first started in Division One, it was, I mean, it was anywhere from a nice box lunch to here's the menu to the restaurant. Mm. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then as 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 COVID has kind of, you know, taken over, it kind of went away and it was just, there was water and that was it, maybe a towel. And now it's kind of gone back to, we don't have the restaurant, but there is some simple gestures, mm-hmm. simple gestures of just, you know, a cooler that has the water and Gatorade in it or whatever. And then maybe a basket of granola bars, you know, things like that. Um, I've even been to some arenas where a simple handwritten note, thank you, mm-hmm. you know, for what you do, you know, so-and-so athletic staff. So it, it's still the same. Every, all the food is the same. All those, you know, mm-hmm. things are the same, but there was a simple gesture there. So, and may, maybe it was like that all the time, but I feel mm-hmm. like I'm noticing it more this year. Sure. Um, for whatever reason whatever the scenario is. So, um, and I, I try to take extra effort to make sure those game administrators know that, Hey, I noticed this note. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for that. Um, and I think that's really key, Jeff, because we, we have a saying on the baseball side and the baseball umpires will probably chuckle here. It's that if they leave something for you in the locker room, we take it all. Mm-hmm. And the thought, okay, you know, they they brought drinks and nobody here wants drinks because they don't drink that. Well, then take them home to your kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is eventually if if they get left behind three or four weekends in a row, then that institution goes, oh, well, umpires really don't want that. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to leave it anymore. 
right? Mm-hmm. And it may just been that was the, you know, the guys drink Coke and they left Pepsi or right. whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. No big deal. Mm-hmm. So we we do our best to to take it and acknowledge it in a positive way because we want that action to continue. Mm-hmm. That's really, really important. I believe that by you doing that, by you finding that game administrator and specifically thanking them for that, it makes it far more likely that the next crew is going to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just think about it. that is common sense. You know, we get together, you know, we, we knock hours out of our schedule every week to come together and do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And we, we tell people, hey, if you've got questions, send us a question to uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. One of the reasons that we do that is because we actually want to know what people want to hear. But let's also be honest. Every time we get a note or a text or a whatever where somebody says it was helpful. You know, I got a message from somebody the other day. I, I shared it with you where they had um, they'd heard the interview we did with Angie Inland. Mm-hmm. And it caused her to reach out to Angie. It ended up being a very positive experience. And when we heard about that, you know what? It makes it a whole lot easier to then carve more time That's out right. of our day mm-hmm. to come back and record more podcasts. It's worth or it, to spend right. time editing or doing mm-hmm. doing whatever because we realized that the the thing that we put out there was appreciated. Mm-hmm. We have to do that as officials for our game administration and others that are helping take care of that for us. I, I would even take your your analogy or your situation with the with baseball, you know, if they leave it, take it all, right? Mm-hmm. Bring them to your kids, whatever. If we want to be uncommon, how about take it all and give it to the homeless guy in the corner? Sure. I'm fortunate enough to work in arenas sometimes where we have security guards that sit outside of our our locker room. You mm-hmm. know, they that's just what they do. That's just their job. They make sure we get on and off the floor safely, all those things. Well, at minimum, I could say, hey, guys, girls, whatever. I got some water and Gatorade and you need something to drink? Mm-hmm. At minimum, I can do that. They're sitting out there. They're helping me. I, I don't need all the water. Sure. I don't have to take it all. Hey, here, you want a cup of water? Check with the halftime, whatever that might be. I get a box lunch, and now I'm getting on an airplane, so I really can't take the lunch with me. Mr. Security Guard, you want this? Mm-hmm. You know, how about you're walking off and you just see some student that's in the band who, you know, is on a meal plan mm-hmm. through the cafeteria, and, hey, here you go. You want my sandwich? I, I'm not going to be able to eat it or whatever that might be. So, yes, take it all, but take it all and and find a good use for it because we as officials should ultimately be good people. Sure. And if you want to be a good person, then by all means, give your $8 sandwich to a college kid who will love it or a security guard who makes sure when it's getting bad, he, he or she's going to make you safe. Sure. And, you know, again, we've been fortunate that we're seeing that. Now, we know this is not the case every place that we go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will tell you, you know, you've seen a turn of this at the Division I level where it's kind of coming back some. I will say at the lower levels, especially Division III, the JUCO, that kind of thing, we're actually seeing the opposite. You know, where they won't even give you a bottle of water because somehow giving you a bottle of water somehow puts everybody at risk or whatever it might (laughs) be. Mm -hmm. And it's we are we are getting less of those things than normal. Um, There was a a local uh, article done in our paper 
where uh, they reached out to some of us who were local officials and talked to us about some things. And one uh, of our officials, Joe Ewers, who is uh, our main high school assigner in this particular area, Joe works college men's basketball, was just recently the state finals uh, white hat for football Mm -hmm. uh, in 3A in the state of Illinois. Um, Longtime official, very, very solid official. Um, He made the statement that, you know, we thought everybody was just going to be happy to get back to playing games, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, we've talked about a lot of times the the college, us not having fans last year in a lot of ways was great. (laughs) Right. You know, there were some some good environments that, you know, it was good. And we all like having a crowd and having the excitement and all. But there was a lot of stuff we didn't have to deal with last year that we are dealing with this year. And what we're finding is, is that the the official abuse, and we talked about that earlier, but it's it's coming back. And in some ways it's coming back even bigger. It's pretty rampant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say with the no fans last year, I'll even say this as an athletic director at our school. Um, when we had no fans, I would even argue that some of our younger athletes played better. Oh, sure. Because they didn't have mom and dad yelling every instruction to them and they didn't know who to listen to. Yep. You know, that's, that's a very difficult situation for a seventh or eighth grader, or even a freshman to be in when everyone's yelling different things and um, they don't know how to respond. So um, what was the other part you said there? Sorry. You know, we're, we're really seeing that, that some of this abuse is, is coming back. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've sent me two videos this week of just chaotic stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, a 72 year old official trying to help middle school kids have Mm -hmm. a basketball game Mm -hmm. And a parent is upset at an accidental bump that happened of his kid by mm-hmm. the other official. And so he comes in and just absolutely flattens that 72-year-old man mm-hmm. and breaks his nose, breaks his cheekbone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's that's significant abuse. You know, there's another situation where uh, a coach thinks that the way they can show their displeasure is to try to pull the pants down mm-hmm. on another official. and. You know, we think that, uh, well, we work college ball. This can't happen to us, whatever. You know, we are living in a world now that is so on edge with all these things that are happening and has become so fractured. We have so chosen up sides over different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could happen to any one of us on any given night. Yep. Yeah, and we're so, we're so on edge. Everyone, right, is on edge for whatever reason. You know, maybe COVID has taken their job away. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe COVID has taken away 10 of their kids' games of the 30 they had scheduled, whatever it is. And there, there's just so many people out there that, you know, they they don't know what to do but resort to anger and violence. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, though. I'm speaking purely speculation. I believe this same kind of stuff was happening in the 1970s also. It's just it wasn't on video. Hmm. There's so much more video out there of everything. And there's, you know, probably a a big portion of people that know there's so much video out there. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to go viral with something. So, I'll, you know, 
they, they probably, you know, we don't know, right? Could have, someone could have had a few drinks at the bar and said, Hey, you know what? I, if I, if I try and deep pants the referee, you know, it'll make all the news broadcasts and everyone will be laughing and it'll be all over YouTube and it'll be great. And you know, whatever. So we don't know what they're thinking, but I wish, I wish we could just understand that officials are just trying to make a decision that with what they know to be best. And when we, as parents, and I'm, I'm a parent, right, Mike, you're, you're, you're a parent. Mm-hmm. You've sent your kids out on playing fields or courts yep. for years. When I do that, I'm releasing to the coaches and the officials and the game administration that this is it your responsibility to do, you know, however the game sees fit. I may not like it, whatever that might be. But for whatever reason, we feel like since we're at the event, we're the the fans are the ones in the control of my Billy or whoever that may be. Because we don't have that issue when we're in the classroom and we don't have the 35 people, 35 parents of the, you know, of the, of the 10 kids in class. So we got 20 parents all sitting there waiting for you to mess up or do something the way they think the parents are going to, and then they're going to attack. So, um, it, there's really, I don't know. I think it's a really difficult situation. It is probably, it's definitely not going to be fixed today, but if anything, if we could just understand that the gymnasium, and I've said it before, the gymnasium, the field, whatever, is an extension of the classroom. We won't treat people in the classroom or teachers or principals or anything like that in that situation like that. Then we most definitely shouldn't do that with coaches, opposing players, or officials. Yeah. I I really feel like there may have been some of that happening back in the 70s, but you brought up a statement in our last podcast you, you talked about the word composure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think some of this may be influenced by social media and some of that kind of stuff that goes on. I think maybe it feels more okay to do things or people just react more viscerally to things or whatever. But I think there was more at least public composure than, uh, than what there is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. I think some of that stuff may happen behind closed doors. I, I remember one time when when I was in elementary school, there was a uh, our high school boys basketball coach. It was a, a K through twelve school, so everybody was all in the same building. And this was back in the days when corporal punishment still took place, and you could get SWATs at school. Mm-hmm. There was a young lady who was supposed to get SWATs, and as the paddle was coming down to get the SWATs the young lady flopped down to the floor. And so it caused the paddle to, to catch her in the back mm. as she went down. And uh, there were, they, they did all the appropriate things at the time. There were, you know, multiple adults present when it happened. And so, you know, there was verification that, you know, things were okay and that kind of stuff and all. Well, the, the, one of the parents was not happy that this happened, obviously, and uh, came in and came into the school tapped that coach on the shoulder from behind. And as the, the coach turns around, just cold cocks him and breaks his jaw and all. And it, it happened, even though it happened on school property, it, it happened privately. It didn't happen 
in front of the entire arena. It didn't mm-hmm. happen in front of a gym full of fans and all that kind of thing. You know, it it was it was more of a one on one kind of thing. And I, I think we saw lack of composure in those kinds of of moments. Uh, but I think this idea of of public spectacle and everything that goes on right now, and it's okay for me just to run out and do whatever. Um, I think is there. I mean, we all know officials that have had somebody follow them out to their car mm-hmm. after a game, and we know how how scary that can be. And I think there was a time when, especially within the brotherhood and sisterhood of officials, we were taught just to laugh that off. Oh yeah, they did it, and you know, we just got in our car and went home. Or we, but we live in a day and age now where anything can happen at any moment, mm-hmm. and people make unsafe decisions all the time yeah unsafe um i think probably not the right word but on you're not thinking through these decisions Mm -hmm. you're not thinking through the consequences yeah they're just reacting they're not responding yeah and and what happens i believe is so this person, whoever, right, reacts. We'll just go to the situation where the the dad or the fan comes out and, mm-hmm. and levels this 71-year-old referee, breaks his nose on his cheekbone. That gets posted somewhere in social media, wherever that is, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, right? And then now people start commenting. And yep. you have two sets of comments. One is, should be charged to the full extent of the law. The other one is, I would do the same thing for my kid. That person, more than likely, will read all the comments that is going to support him. Absolutely. So he gets validated every time someone goes, I would do the same thing, I would do the same thing, I would do the same thing. And now, instead of him thinking that I've messed up, he goes, look, I got 300 people that agree with me. I must have done the right thing. Yeah. Even though... Because when that happens, right, we leave, we we stop listening, as I, I say all the time, our heart of hearts. We stop listening to that and start listening to the people that are feeding into us, going, yep, I'm doing the right thing. Really, when you know in your heart of hearts, it was the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a mistake. So um, that's where those, mis- those mistakes can be... Uh, I don't want to say capitalized, but it can be adjusted to where now this person who wasn't thinking clearly when they did what they did started to think clearly, mm-hmm. sees the reaction on wherever that might be, whatever social media platform that is, and starts going back to thinking unclearly again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've seen all of this just magnified. You know, we had bowl games recently where there were decisions made that people didn't like. And it wasn't, uh, oh, this was unfortunate or, mm. oh, we're just upset for our team or whatever. It was those officials should never be allowed to work another game ever. Isn't that something? At any level. Mm-hmm. I literally saw that comment. Yeah, I did too. You're talking about the one where the knee, yep. they called him down, progress, progress yep. was stopped or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. It, we're, we're, we're ready to, to, to throw away. I don't even know who these officials are, but we're ready to throw away years of experience, years of getting things correct so much that they were put on this bowl game. That's right. Over a, a governing body that that evaluates the decision-making of these officials and the composure and the rules knowledge and everything, and we have people that are going, they should never work again. Yep. 
That just seems absurd to me. Yep. <laughs> Almost like, like, is this a real comment? It's got to be one of the robots, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That can't be, you know, because we all, this, this person who writes should never work a bowl game again. Let's do just a little research on what you're, what, what you do in a day-to-day business, you know, yep. day-to-day life. Do you make mistakes? And, and again, as much as we like to say, it's just a game. It's just a football game. It just, there's, it means too much to the follower. Sure. That person who's wearing red and white seven days a week, you know, the colors of their school and they're watching everything and they, they're just so invested into it. So when, whether this is a mistake or not, does is regardless when, the, when that situation happens and that fan believes it is a mistake that they're going to voice their opinion. And, Somebody who is whatever fan who the colors are red and white and they wear red and white seven days a week, who do you think they hang around with? You think they hang around people who are wearing blue and white? Nope. Mm-hmm. They're hanging on people who wear red and white and they are just fed by that same scenario. And that's where these difficult situations come up. I agree. And to bring it back to the, you know, the topic for today yeah. with COVID, <laughs> you know, I really believe that what we're seeing here some is an outpouring of just the frustration that people are Mm. in and under. And I, it does not excuse it by Mm. any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was quoted in the article in our daily journal as saying, you know, I I believe the schools Mm. have to step up, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they have to be the ones to say, we will not tolerate this at our institutions. Mm -hmm. Even if that means difficult conversations with parents, fans, whatever, um, but then we as officials have to do our part. You know, we we have to do our best at every moment. Um, if if you're a college official that's going and working a high school game, you, you can't look like, well, I'm just doing this. You know, this game's beneath me. Mm-hmm. This is what, you know, because people pick up on that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, and would that excuse what somebody might do to us? No, it doesn't excuse it. But Mm -hmm. let's not give them any reason Mm -hmm. to believe that we give less than our best at every moment that we possibly can. Um, You know, I I think that I think this is around for a little while. I I don't Mm. think this is going away anytime soon. This is affecting people at every level. It's affecting people that work in medical care. It's affecting people that work in schools. It's affecting people that own small businesses. It's, I mean, it's, it's affecting everyone. And sometimes it's so easy for us just to focus on, oh, I hate COVID because I lost games. Mm. You know, well, it's so much harder for me to budget now because I don't know what I'm going to make or what mm-hmm. I'm not or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, again, part of how we can be uncommon is how we respond. Yeah, I I would say, because you said you know you the phrase I hate COVID because it lost mm-hmm. me money, right? And I don't think I've ever said that I hate COVID. I, I hate to say the word ever, but I very rarely use those terms, those strong terms. But if I was to say it, I hate COVID because it's brought out the bad. In a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't like the bad in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I like the good. Sure. And they are full of good. Those people, you know, hate the, whatever, the the deep pants coach. Mm-hmm. My guess is this person has a lot of good in them. 
and they had a bad moment. And it brought out the bad in them, whatever's going on around them. And I'm going to flip the script a little bit. And that official that makes a mistake and calls it a timeout mm-hmm. when it shouldn't have been, there's a lot of good in that person, mm-hmm. even though some bad just happened. And we we need to – I wish I could wave a magic wand and go, listen, let's just pay attention to the good. Let's just pay attention to the good. That's all we want to pay attention to. And I believe we would be – Everyone would want to be around everyone then, mm-hmm. whether we were wearing a mask or not, whether we were coughing or not, we would want to be around those good people. So, um, that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. And, you know, as you talk about the good in people, that's really where I would like to end today. And I'd actually like to end with a very specific request for all of our listeners. Um, uh, we've talked multiple times on this podcast about the brotherhood and sisterhood of officials. Mm. Uh, we have somebody that for us here in this area has been a part of our brotherhood and sisterhood of officials for a long time. His name is Darren Bailey. Mm. Uh, Darren was the treasurer of our local high school association, uh, the River Valley Officials Association. I had the joy and pleasure of being on uh, Darren's football crew, the very first official football crew that I joined. Darren was the the white hat on my crew. I worked football with Darren. I've worked uh, baseball with Darren. Uh, we worked Colt League World Series together several years ago when he was doing that. Um, Darren is a just a great guy and has been a huge supporter of officials in our area for a long time. Uh, a, a huge tragedy happened in our community um, several days ago. And uh, Darren's son, uh, Tyler, mm. who is a police officer in our area, um, was was shot, uh, and is still in critical care. Um, and, uh, his partner did not survive. Uh, he did. And, um, here's what I would love to have happen. Um, we say that the brotherhood and sisterhood of officials goes beyond the ones that we know, Mm. you know, we we can step on the court with somebody new tomorrow. We've never met him before. And we're immediately a part of the Mm. brotherhood and sisterhood. Um, Darren and his family are just in a huge fight right now, Mm. you know, just struggling with knowing if their son's going to be okay or not. And so what I would love for you to do, if you know Darren personally, um, and you get the opportunity just to, to drop him a quick note that says, you know, Hey, we're thinking about you praying for you. Uh, that would be amazing. Um, if you don't know Darren personally, first of all, let me just ask you as, as somebody of, of faith, if, if that is part of your life, uh, if you would please pray uh, for Tyler and uh, his dad, Darren, and their whole family. Uh, the other thing is, if you say, you know, I don't know Darren, but I'd be, I would love to support and encourage him within the Brotherhood and Sisterhood, um, shoot us an email mm. to uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. And we will forward it. We will compile those mm-hmm. and we will forward it to Darren just so he knows that there are people that may not even know him, may not even live in the same state or same area. Um, it doesn't matter why somebody's going through a tragedy. Uh, when they're going through a tragedy like this, they need all the support and care they can get. And so if you would be willing to be just a little uncommon today mm-hmm. and shoot out a message to somebody that maybe you don't even know. Uh, I think that would show the good in people that Jeff was just talking about a minute ago. Yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna 
I'm going to piggyback off that. Send that email. Uh, whatever. You got our text. You got our phone numbers. Text us. We don't care. Yeah. Get in contact with us and we will make sure Darren gets that. But as you're typing it, I, I, I think it's imperative that you, you, you say, listen, I don't know who you are, Darren, mm-hmm. but I do know who you are through Chad and Jeff. And as Chad said, the brotherhood, right? Mm -hmm. So the brother and sisterhood of officiating. And we are all one in some way or another in this bond. And when you're typing that email, you know, say things like that and, and encourage Darren to know that you're reaching out from Michigan. You're reaching out from Ireland, wherever you're reaching out from, because Darren's going through some tough times. Yeah. And you know, he needs as many, you know, as we talked about before, right? Those people are reading the comments. Mm-hmm. And we want us around Darren with good comments and good vibes or good prayer, whatever it is you call it. We need all that good to be around him um, for his, you know, his difficult time he's in now and he's facing over the next, you know, few weeks for sure. Absolutely. Guys, we appreciate you, and we're looking forward to what 2022 is going to mean for all of us. Um, yes, we're in the midst of unprecedented times mm. uh, in lots of different ways, uh, but look to be the good mm. in somebody else's life today. Yep, be uncommon in your drive to success. We'll see you all later. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.